all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Sky Watchers listening in every corner of this globe and every planet in space. Thank you so much for checking us out tonight on Sky Watchers Radio right here live on PSN Radio, broadcasting out of New Logic Studios. I am Angel Espino with me. As usual, the people that have been keeping this show afloat, the one and only Crystal Storm, a.k.a. DCS, a.k.a. Woo Woo, a.k.a. Never Late for a Good Time. <laughs> we Ooh, oh, wow. say hello so well that intro was so good nobody does it like you biggie biggie oh, doesn't like you, you. you that's true and there in the background as you could uh hear is the one and only my radio hetero life mate the one and only alan tres leche weiler hey, aka hey, the other guy you? welcome back to doing the intro it was it's so great to actually hear you as part of this show Thank you, Again. sir. Thank you, sir. Actively. And bringing the- in the news and also bringing in the pain, as always, the one and only Christopher J. Brown. No relation to the other Chris Brown. He does not beat Rihanna. What's up, buddy? Yeah, well, he will. would if he, he had the chance, I'm sure. Darn right. The girl pop up to me, starts swinging at me. I might have to beat her. You know? Never say never, right? take them figures right down. God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as usual, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to call in, the number is 786-245-8127. Open lines. Uh, thank you for not making me say that number. Yes, I cringe every week when you say it. I really do. <laughs> so there it is, 786-245-8127. We have a fantastic show with one of my heroes in ufology. In fact, I would say this gentleman is uh, right up there as uh, probably one of my one of my mentors right now in ufology. I love this guy. Bill Burns is going to be with us, folks. Bill Burns. Yep, that is for sure. I love Bill Burns. I haven't talked to him in ages. Yeah, like since Monday. Monday, yeah. Future Theater. That's right. Future Theater is a show I produced with Bill and Nancy Burns. Uh, A fabulous show. Uh, Nancy, of course, is just uh, like a mother figure to me. I love Nancy Burns, and Bill Burns is like a he's like another fatherly figure. So just you know, it's funny because you know when my mom passed last month. They, you know, Bill called me immediately, and uh, he was, you know, reached out, and he was right there to, uh, to, you know, give his condolences. And they're awesome people, awesome, awesome people. And Bill Burns, who knows more about ufology or anything in life than Bill Burns? Yeah, buddy. Well, ufology, uh-huh. one thing uh, about life, I think everything. Dalai no, I think Dalai Bill Burns would Lama be. Wins. I put my five dollars on Bill Burns. I wouldn't put I ten, but like, I put five. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the well, Dalai Lama knows about. Like other stuff, but I feel like Bill Burns could take him. I feel like if you had Bill Burns and the Dalai Lama in a Jeopardy round, Bill Burns wins. 
I'm oh, going I, I want to see him in a fist fight. Do you remember like the MTV Celebrity Deathmatch? I used to love that show. That was like the best show ever. Number oh, one. Oh God, get you. That I was. think the Dalai Lama is secretly a ninja, so I don't know about the fist fight. I I I, I want to see Bill Burns like against the aliens from the movie Aliens, maybe, and then Bill like the Dalai wins. Lama against Predator. You know? Uh, uh, wow, I don't know about that one. Yeah, we're really out there in uh, left uh, space now. Well, they had the most yeah. obscure verses with Celebrity Deathmatch. I mean, Gandhi versus Papa. I really love that. I mean, come on. It was great. Celebrity Deathmatch was the most amazing thing ever, and I was sad Mm -hmm. when it no longer played. They do something similar now on YouTube. There's a YouTube channel that has, uh, like, either celebrities or, like, figures from history, like... Bruce oh, Epic Lee. Rap Battles. Epic of- Rap Battles. Yes, that's the, the one. The Rap Battles. Oh, God. That's- that is so good. So funny. Oh, my God. So good. They even started doing Princess Rap Battles, which is mm-hmm. also pretty funny. That is yeah. just I, 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 I like Darth Vader versus Jesus. Myself. I love oh, my God. I have not seen Darth Vader versus Jesus. Hang on, oh, yeah. guys. I gotta go. Yeah, they I go, go back and forth. Who's it. really the chosen one? It's really- <laughs> 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 Hey, I'm hanging up. I got to go watch it. I got to go watch it. I'll wait. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of which, did you guys hear uh, the leaked info? Supposedly that episode eight, uh, the the plot had leaked online. Wait, wait, wait. And part spoilers, of it. spoilers, 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 spoilers. Right, maybe spoilers. Maybe spoilers. Please don't leave our show. We want you to stay listening. But if he says any spoilers, I'm going to be really pissed. But yeah, there there were some interesting spoilers. Maybe spoilers maybe about spoilers. Ray and her lineage. Yeah, but see, I don't uh, buy it because there were spoilers about the plot for Episode 7 as well. Everybody remember that it was, you know, Luke's hand floating in space and Han Solo picked it up and that sort of thing. Like everybody, I never that? read that, but that wouldn't be great. Yeah, that would have been a cool opening as well. I like <laughs> I the way he did it. gloves that on been or something. Rubber gloves. Yeah, it, 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 would, fl- it would be like the champagne spinning around and christening the Enterprise B from, like, one of the Star Trek movies. It's Luke's hand floating along and bumping into the Millennium Falcon. That's right. That, that must be really a, a, a disgusting thing to have to pick that hand up. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, ugh. You put it in a bag. I'd get, like, some, you know, some tweezers. Well, if it's floating in the vacuum of space, it would just kind of, like... Well, it would be a frozen cube, I suppose. Yeah. So. Probably pretty, pretty well. But yeah. how would it get to the to the, to the the middle of space somewhere floating in space where it was on Bespin and Pond City? It went down, like it went down the tubes, like it kept going down to the planet. How did that end up back in space? That would make no sense. It, it would make any sense. It's pigs in space! So maybe they started that. Maybe that was the script that Michael wrote. And then J.J. Abrams was like, yeah, dude, we that's like too much suspension of disbelief. Like, we can't do that. Could be. Could be. Yeah, that we want to do it, we, we just that. can't do it. That's all. I know. Yeah, that's probably, probably uh, JJ came in and saw that in the script, and they're like, dude, they're, they're never going to believe this. This is worse okay. than Jar Jar Binks. Are you kidding me? No. So no. bad. So bad. Oh, so no, not the Behind the scenes, all that stuff on the DVD, worth it. So good. Oh, it's awesome. Really? Oh, wasn't so it awesome? Good. Oh, my God. Getting to watch that um, the uh, the uh, table read that they did where Mark mm-hmm. Hamill was the one reading the script, even just mm. the parts that they showed. I'd, I Chills. definitely might have killed somebody to be able to get into that room. Like, Chills. I can't, wouldn't. It know? gave me chills. That would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, incredible. It's so good. Now, we do have some news. Uh, ain't that right, Mr. Brown? That we do. We do. Please to give us the news, sir. Please to give Bring us, us some news, por favor. Uh, I'm not bringing that news. <laughs> I don't feel like it today. 
Bring the pain. Oh, I did actually. I sent that link right into chat here, and this is the video. Um, Let me put it in here because I believe that yes, there it is. I got it in the in the chat here. He's got it in the chat. Yep, got them both chats here. Oh boy! Oh boy! The Orange Beach, Alabama, October first. So it's from uh, Halloween time, two thousand and fifteen. So it's from a few months back. And you've got a little bit of video there. You can um, see, uh, see well, what you think. It says, an Alabama witness at Orange Beach reported and watching and videotaping an unusual cluster of lights moving east and west against the wind of Gulf of Mexico. It says, uh, yes. And uh, it says, the witnesses were hmm. sitting outside on the balcony when the object was first noticed, moving in a straight line from east to west about 10 p.m. October 1st. It said it kept in the same height and was moving at what appeared to be 30 to 40 miles an hour, the witness stated. It appeared to be in a cluster of bright lights, similar of balloons. It made no sound and did Uh-oh. not waver in speed or height. Yes. Balloons, it says. I like a balloons. Yeah, I like a balloon. Oh, so okay, so okay. says, I was very nervous at seeing this. It says, it lasted approximately 10 minutes. It says, Wes, until I could not see it any longer. I said, I called 91, and they called him an idiot. No, just kidding. It says, well, that's because he called 91. He should have called 911. Would have been better off. No, it says, no, Jesus. It says, it says, uh, I could not see it any longer. It says, I called 911 and reported what I oh, saw. Oh, there you go. I found. I, Quick, I threw, call 411 for the number. I threw in that they called him a crazy idiot. No. It says, <laughs> I found out this morning that 911 call was in Foley, approximately 10 miles away from the beach. I called the police back this morning, and no one else had reported Anything, uh, at least to them. So, there you go. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. What do our video experts hmm. think, guys? What do you think? So, I'm not there yet. Um, I just don't know. I mean, it looks like a bunch of balloons in the sky. Um, it's well illuminated for being a balloon, so it's a balloon. It's interesting. It's, it's a balloon. It's a balloon. Balloon. It's, it's, balloon. Like, it's, it's like I'm saying, like, oh, the claw. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. You've never, come on, you've never seen Toy Story where the three eyed little monsters yes. are like, oh, yes, yes, I've seen that. the claw. Well, if it could be like, oh, balloon. <laughs> oh. oh, God, I need sleep in a bad way. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> Is it five o'clock stupid time for you? <laughs> it's past stupid time for me. I'm sorry. Oh, this is gonna be an amazing no, no, no. show then. Yeah, this <laughs> is gonna be a fun show. Nah, I, 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 I'm okay. I haven't had any alcohol tonight. Oh, okay. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget, folks. We're gonna be putting on a 420 show eventually here. Um, yeah. Be really. Interesting. And like typical potheads is already past 420. So of late. Too late. Well, whatever. Exactly. Gets done when it gets done, all right? That's how it rolls. That's how, it that's rolls. how we roll right. around here. Yeah, well, yeah, we already have the 420 show coming up, a delayed show coming up Monday on Future Theater with Dennis Rogers, uh, owner of the Cannon King, and we are going to be doing a weed show on Future Theater Monday. 
So. I'm still lo- I'm still looking at what you guys are talking about the uh, Wii chair. I'm still looking at the video, and it, it's funny because when you look at it, it does look like kind of like a bunch of balloons clustered together, but there's like an illuminating light from each one of the balloons. Yes, there, there it, is. It, it could be like a, maybe an LED light inside of them or something weird. I don't know. Maybe do you think it's a drone? Maybe. I don't know. It could be, but I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't have the characteristics of a drone, really. I'm not there yet. Don't they come I, I don't like all shapes is. and sizes now? Because I swear to God, I mean, I walk into Barnes and Noble and there's like Barnes and Noble of all places, and they're like fucking like three drones for sale. Yeah, but what? this is like too still to be a drone. It's not really like flying around or anything. True. It true. seems like it's just steady there. Like you know, if it's flying, it's just hovering. It's chilling. Hovering mostly, yeah. Well, that's because the aliens are rolling something. And they had Could to, you be. Know, they have to uh, pull up real quick. And right. You have to pull up real quick. Do pull the Dutch master out and do what they got to do. There you go. Well, I'm not ready to call Bat Squatch on it, but I've seen a lot of videos of uh, balloons that look just like that. So It's interesting. That's 50-50. 50-50 on that one. 50-50? Yeah, 50-50 on that one. Damn, 50-50 ain't worth a dime. What? <laughs> when? Sorry. What kind of lame shit is that, man? <laughs> I don't think that means- that rapper Fifty Cent ain't worth a die. That's all I gotta say. Anyway. I don't know how I'm going off on a tangent. Nope. Anyway, moving on before he goes on on a rant. That He's gonna, nobody wants. Yeah, nobody wants to get shot up here. Uh, Chris, anything else we got on? Yes, What's I next? sent in another one there, another link, and this is the Kansas Disc UFO beams a light into a witness's vehicle. Uh oh. Yes, yes, yes. It says a Kansas witness at Clearwater. Oh boy. Uh, yes, he had a revival. Uh, yeah. We called a UFO incident. Somebody's having a revival in the background there. Yeah, oh I it is my child, and he's really <laughs> screaming. I know. I'm sorry. He's Well, he just turned two, everybody. What are you doing to the kid that he's screaming to? Poor kid, yeah. What are you doing yeah, to the child? Yeah, well, he's outside at the door. He's wanting to come in, see? And I got the garage door <laughs> shut. And I told my daughter when I was on mute to go over there and get the baby because he was banging on the door. Well, Well, he wasn't happy. And I had to read news right now. Would somebody else like to take take over? Yeah, you know, it kind of sounds something like out of like a Nightmare on Elm Street. It does. Can you take over? Thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we'll take care of it. No problem. I got you covered, Chris. We'll read this article. Uh, Chris, will go for it. Okay. <laughs> go ahead with that, Freddy Krueger. Go. No. So a Kansas disc UFO beams light into witness vehicle. A Kansas witness at Clearwater recalled a UFO incident from the 60s where she she and two family members had an encounter with a disc-shaped UFO that shot a beam of light inside their vehicle. According to testimony in case 75494 from MUFON, the witness was driving eastbound through Clearwater about 8 p.m. in March 1966 or 1967, so back in the day. She said, we noticed a very black object hovering above the power lines alongside a train track, the witness stated. It had small windows and was lit up on the inside. All three family members reacted at the time, asking, what is that? The object then started to travel in the direction of their car, flew over the car, and then hovered in front of the car closest to the passenger side. My brother had either stopped the car or it had stopped on its own. There was a very bright yellow beam of light that was directed at the car and lit up the inside. We all sat very still and didn't move until I looked at my brother and I said, don't just stare, go. Smart lady. The witness studied the object. 
About the time the yellow beam of light went out and a door in the bottom of the object closed, then the object took off at a 45-degree angle and dissipated into the air in about three seconds. The car started, and we started traveling east on the rural road. We were all silent, and I remember feeling angry, nauseated, and upset at the incident. I didn't even want to think about it because it was so unpleasant. That's what happens. When they said when she got home, my mother called the Air Force Base close to our home, and they denied having any knowledge of anything, of course. Of course. I'm an elderly woman who has always wanted an explanation as to what this was, but I doubt that I will never, ever know. There were no cell phones to take pictures in those days, which is true. They were not. Nope, nope, nope. Interesting. Very good job, and I'm back. I'm sorry on the kid thing. Dad has to go to work, and, well, my baby, he was all upset. So they had to take. It's cool. No worries. Yeah. It happens. It's okay. Usually things are taken oh, care of. It's all it's about a them. It's happening, yeah. It's all good, brother. It's all good. Um, so this is a report from uh, March 1966 or 67. Yeah. So seriously, back in the day. Back, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a, another report that uh, we can't really confirm, prove. It's just another. Story to throw right. into the mix. I mean, we're not going to call it that. You can't. There's no evidence one way or the other. And I really had actually had a really hard time coming up uh, with video of any sightings that were newer ones posted this week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I searched, uh, gosh, uh, open mines um, on MUFON sites and uh, YouTube and really couldn't find anything. So that's really what I came up Sometimes. with. And, the UFOs just don't want to be. They just don't want to be on camera. They're shy. Okay. Okay. That's true. It happens. Well, there is some interesting sciencey stuff going on, guys. Uh-oh. Apparently, there are a dozen black holes. I'm going to. I'm gonna hit y'all with some knowledge already. Yeah. Here we go. A dozen black holes are mysteriously spewing energy in the same direction. That's and a lot of black holes. Really smart scientist. That's weird. I'm gonna share this article with you guys. Well, I don't, know how, I don't know what do they consider. Why would they consider it weird? I mean, they barely even have uh, recently started to really be able to detect black holes. So, I mean, how you know exactly is it weird? It, it, space is infinite. This might be common through space. Where That's a lot of black holes just that was an argument. So you know how the scientific community is now like split between people that are like, oh my god, this is weird, and other people that are, who are like, we have to yeah, the, the rational thinkers and then the uh, nutcases who just wants to make everything everything into a conspiracy. Oh, the world is ending because there's like twelve black holes. Light years away, and they're going to spew some stuff, and eventually it's going to get to Earth, and we're all dead. Well, you know, the gerbils are coming. Just like right, you never know, you never know. Uh, But apparently, they say that it could be a cosmic coincidence, and some claim that there could be larger forces at play. Supermassive black holes, which are found at the center of nearly all galaxies, they periodically erupt. They hurl streams of energized plasma into intergalactic space. For instance, our galaxy's own supermassive black hole, Sagittarius A, will sometimes swallow a star and belch ecray energy all over the Milky Way, which I did not know. That was amazing. These eruptions are fascinating to astronomers, but they are typically thought to be independent events. Now, a survey of 64 galaxies located halfway across the known universe has revealed a bizarre alignment between the energy jets erupting from a handful of black holes, all of which are located within 100 million light years of each other. A pattern like this shouldn't exist unless it's being dictated by an even larger structure in our universe. Which is? Uh Oh, they don't say. They just leave you hanging. 
They totally leave you here. They says, this is exactly what Russ Taylor, lead author of a forthcoming study in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, thinks may be happening. As Science News reports, Taylor suspects the eruptions are all being steered by filaments, a sort of scaffolding along which matter congregates on a cosmic scale. If the hypothesis is correct, it could help explain how our universe's present structure came to be. Not everybody is convinced, though. Some astronomers feel the number of galaxies in the study is too small to draw meaningful conclusions and that the pattern could be talked up to nothing more than chance. But the idea of a cosmic alignment is intriguing enough that Taylor and his colleagues plan to follow up on it by probing more black holes, which they should, and by figuring out the precise distances between the galaxies they've already studied. But isn't it like so almost like nearly impossible for them to probe a black hole? I mean, there's frick vibe. Apparently, they're going to try. Apparently, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like supposedly the hardest thing to actually detect is a black hole because no light emits through it. You, can, you know, there's that right. little part of it. Right. Uh, I, you know, they they theorize there's a black hole in the center of our galaxy, but prove they, we don't know. technology. It's impossible to prove anything. It's so we far don't away. Know we know nothing. We know nothing. But I wouldn't worry about those black holes, to be honest. What are they doing? I'm just so curious. It could just be so interesting. They're doing the intergalactic lambada. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. It's the forbidden dance of space. What if that's how you make like a wormhole or something? A bunch of black holes get together and they just like vomit their energy and then boom, wormhole. And then you got little baby suns coming up. Right. All because of the lambada. Right, maybe that's how like a galaxy forms. Maybe the Big Bang is wrong. Maybe it's just a whole lot of black holes. They just go boop. There's a it. lot of banging though. A lot of banging. It's true. Whatever. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Other guy, did you fall asleep? No, I, I'm just listening to the accents that are happening, and I'm like, I'm keeping. He's, my try, he's trying to figure out. How to, he's trying to figure out how to join in on the accents. He is. Don't lie, you were. No, I'm going to choose not to answer that one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not there yet. So, yeah. You're not there yet? No, okay. <laughs> there you go. That was my cool sciencey news for the night. That was very cool. Very yeah. good news. Yeah, it's not wild. Interesting news. Now, I know it's going to get a lot more exciting, folks, once uh, Bill Burns gets on the line. Cause I think it was We're good. exciting. Oh, we are totally exciting. Because, damn. It really has been a, a slow news month in ufology, though. Not much as eh, a yeah. yeah. decade. What's going on? Not a lot. No. It's true. No. It's true. It's true. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. It's interesting. So we'll see what happens the rest of the year. I don't know if they're, are they waiting for something? What's, uh, have people just stopped reporting? Or are we just not looking in the right places? I don't know what's going on. Are the no. men in black coming out and snatching up people? No, I think more and more people are just not looking to the skies these days. Yeah. Think so? Think we're, we're, think we're over it? We're Some people want to keep their heads down or they're just so entrenched in. The politically well, they'll pick up in the summertime. They always do. Always do, yeah. And uh, people are outside, and uh, so are the UFOs. So. Okay. Well, we'll okay. just – well, you know. We'll take your word for it, Chris. Get out there because we do a news segment every Wednesday. Oh, let's go, Skywatchers. Chop, chop. What are you waiting for, folks? Please. I know. Yo, somebody yeah, do. UFO somebody needs to get down go. here and do some serious sight, uh, sightseeing for us. And, um, and yeah, that's what Chicho I has been waiting to be abducted his entire life. Let's get on that. You have no idea. You know? <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> you know, like his entire life 
what up, guys? I'll even put up with a little probing. Just make it gentle. You know? <laughs> I just did not need to have that visual. What job. you don't remember doesn't hurt you. You know what I'm saying? If I don't remember it, then it's okay. It, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. As long as I don't go to the bathroom the next day and there's a bleeder. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, no need for That's that. <laughs> no need for the bleeders, right, aliens? Make sure you clean whatever you're doing down there. Clean your mess up. That's yeah. all we're at. Just, you know, clean after yourself. That's all I'm saying. Clean your mess up. That's Take it. Take me around the galaxy for a little bit and... Let me explore. As you explore my inner Skywatchers, you and the other guy, like, really need to have, like, this amazing, enlightening, like, complete UFO experience. That would be amazing. I'm waiting for it. I'm telling you, it needs to happen. If I had somebody that I could call and make that happen for you, I would do it. Hmm. Thank you. I think the UFO is going to come down there and get you to and take you off to the weed planet. That is, in other words, heaven. In other words, yep. <laughs> you know, Art Bell for years had the, the tag, uh, the tagline, want to take a ride? And I'm like, damn right, I want to take a ride. So true. Pick it- me up, aliens. Come on. Really? That was his tagline forever? <laughs> Do you want to take a ride? Want to take a ride. Yeah, I took that right to the dirty place. Yes. Sorry. Yes, I did. did. I did. Now, uh, we're going to go back to the clean place uh, when we come back from break with our guest, Bill Burns, of, of course... <laughs> Future Theater, and UFO Magazine fame, and a bunch of other things that he's done in his life. This gentleman is... Uh, he's just done he's, stuff. He's an expert in just about any field that deals with paranormal, conspiracies, ufology, obviously. That's the, the, that's the obvious one, right? Out. He's got new books out. He's got books. but He's got oh. more books than I've read, more books than I've looked at pictures in. I've never uh, read a book, so, you know, he's way, way... You know way. what I'm saying? He's way ahead of the game when it comes to uh, Christopher J. Brown over here. So that we're going to come back in a few minutes, and we're going to have uh, Bill Burns on the line, and just sit back, relax. It's going to be great. It's fun to be back here on Skywatchers Radio, and uh, we will take your calls. You guys want to call in 786-245-8127 this is skywatchers radio and you're listening to psn radio we'll be right back Professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 
954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more supermanhomepage.com roswell ufo's flying saucers alien abduction are we alone information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com theufostore.com offers hundreds of dvds about ufos aliens crop circles conspiracies bigfoot suppressed science ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO Store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Del Shaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. And we're back live on Skywatchers Radio with the one and only, the legendary Bill Burns back on Skywatchers. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Angel. And thank you for letting me know we're back on the air. We're back on the air. <laughs> so sorry. We should have informed you. <laughs> we should have been back on the air five minutes ago. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but we're now live, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, Bill. Of course, I haven't talked to you in a long time very long time right a whole 36 hours yeah it's been crazy those 36 hours a lot of a lot of things have happened in 36 hours i took a nap i took a nap (laughs) and that's a major major event that's a major event in my life impressive 
people have no idea how much of a major event that is. Uh, no, but seriously, a lot of stuff has been uh, happening. And of course, we, we were talking off air, and uh, one of the things we wanted to touch on was Elon Musk and the announcement that uh, he, he's getting this robot Elon spacecraft Musk, to Mars. Not a, uh, Alan Elon Musk. Musk, yeah, whatever. And uh, he's getting a spacecraft to Mars name? on 2018. Look, Chris Brown, you have a great name too. But he's getting a spacecraft to Mars on 2018, and uh, we want to touch on that. But also, you know. I know you are always writing books. Is there any books you have uh, out that you're putting out right now that you want to talk about? Um, psychiatric Criminology comes out in June. Um, I'm sending Lots around the manuscript for my Edison book, um, uh-huh. Edison and Tesla, and uh, Spirit Phone to Talk to the Dead. Uh, I'm talking about a couple of other um, UFO-themed titles. And uh, that, that's, that's really what I'm working on. If you need a beta reader for that Edison Tesla book, Bill, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, well, uh, I'm, uh, I may need that. I mean, one of the things that, one of the things that um, excited me about that story uh, was that, oh, the, uh, the other big news is that I've been picked up for a fourth season for NASA's unexplained files on the Discovery Science Channel. So I'm going to film that next month. It's in May. This is April, so it's next month. That's exciting. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. Uh, Yeah, uh, Tesla fascinates me, so I love that you're writing a book about his connection with Edison and spirit phones. So like I said earlier, guys, if you want to know about anything, Bill Burns. Bill Burns. Well, yeah. see, it, was, it was thank you. It was the it was the whole Tesla Motors connection today. Mm. I mean, that reminded me that, that you know uh, just to bring this up, it, it's um, it's Edison's least known project. In fact, it is so few people know about it that most people think it's a hoax. Most people think it never happened. I mean, there's a whole. I mean, you talk to any of the Edison scholars, you know, the, the basic. Uh, the Charles Edison Fund, people like that, and they basically look the other way when uh, you mention Edison's spirit phone. And so there is almost a concerted effort now, it's almost political, not to talk about the spirit phone, even though in um, magazines in the 1920, Thomas Edison was giving interviews freely about his spirit phone. In fact, Michael Shermer, our friend Michael Shermer, um, said the whole thing was kind of a hoax and blown out of proportion, yet there in Popular Science magazine uh, from 1933, there is an article describing a demonstration that Thomas Edison made uh, describing his, his device that was supposed to communicate with the dead or at least register the presence and so my so the purpose of this manuscript that Joe and Martin and I did was to try to explain why. And then along the way, we discovered that uh, Nikola Tesla had kind of like spies monitoring what Edison was working on. And so in Tesla's journal, and Tim Swartz writes about this in his book on Tesla, in, in Tesla's journal, there are all these mentions of the of the machine that Edison was working on, which really was kind of a motion picture projector that was tied to a photoelectric cell that was tied to a meter, so that if anything crossed that 
beam of photons that light beam would register on the electronic on the photoelectric cell and that would register on the meter and Edison would know what he was looking at or that something had crossed the beam that that he couldn't see Tesla was working on something very similar right at the same time that was based on radio frequencies it's it's it, it now we call it EVP but back in in the 1920s uh, in the 1930s Tesla was, um, after Edison died, Tesla kept on working on it, um, trying to find the missing frequencies for um, people who had passed away but whose voices still lingered as radio waves. So that was the competition circa nine, between 1920 and 1930. Interesting. Creepy experience. Experience. Hey, That is creepy, very yeah. creepy. Yeah. No wonder it's one of, no one of uh, Tesla's lesser-known experiments. Sorry, and I would love to be able to hear Elvis' voice again there. Oh, oh yeah. baby, I'm the king. <laughs> that, that's the king. Uh, it's not a phone I ever want to call, but that is <laughs> does not surprise me with, with, with Tesla. With my luck, yeah. I'll get a busy signal. Well, the whole yeah. point of Tesla was not that he was, but it, but it was much more than, than spirits. He was trying to contact E.T. He believed hmm. that Earth was being bombarded with radio waves from outer space that contained messages, whether inadvertent or deliberate, from other planets and other civilizations. And so that's what he was trying to figure out. Bill, it's pretty safe and, to say that Tesla was a big believer in, uh, in space and in, in aliens being out there in outer space. Uh, he, was working on, he was working on a, on a UFO, supposedly, before he passed away also, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tesla was a huge believer that there were other civilizations on other worlds and that all of those radio waves, that the whole universe was made up of radio waves flying back and forth, bouncing off each other, and each containing data. And it was his, it was his attempt to find the right frequency to be able to tune in on that data, which he believed was verbal, Mm. And that's what he was working on. And he was working on that for the last uh, 10 years of his life, and he was living in New York City. What do you think happened to all that data that he, that he left behind when he passed? I hope that it got confiscated. Probably that's, did, yeah, by the I government. Did. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it did. Uh, there was, um, he had a treasure trove of data. All his inventions I can imagine, yeah. were in his room. It was in the uh, New Yorker Hotel. And upon his death, that room was raided by the FBI. This was in 1943. Now, the thing with Tesla was that at the outset of World War II, he went to the United States government with a, a proposal, and he wanted to get paid for this thing, to study the concept of anti-gravity, because he believed that the country that was mastered anti-gravity would win the coming war. And remember, Tesla was a, a Serbian, so... His country was um, under the under the shadow of Hitler as well, so he wanted to find a weapon and states to get himself hired to develop an anti gravity beam. And we know that such a thing can be done. We 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 played with that when we were on UFO hunters um, with an ultra high uh, sound beam into a Faraday cage and it actually levitated an object. So folks can see the wow. YouTube now. But um, so that's what Tesla believed. But the United States turned him down. They thought he was a crackpot. Even.
even though everybody was using alternating current. So what Tesla did was he went to the Soviet Union and he asked them, and they gave him $25,000 or some amount, which was a lot for 1941, 1942, to develop this thing. Well, the United States was, intelligence services, were so freaked out by the fact that here was Tesla who'd gotten a grant from the Soviet Union that uh, when he died, they raided his apartment. They, they took all of his notes and put his notes in uh, the custody of the Office of Alien Properties. At the end of the war, 1945-1946, remember, the, uh, the map of Europe had been totally redrawn in 1946. So now there was so now Serbo-Croatia and Kosovo. And they, this was now Yugoslavia, and it was run by this dictator, Marshal Tito. And Yugoslavia was now, that Serbia was incorporated into Yugoslavia, they demanded Tesla's notes from the Office of Alien Properties. And we turned them over. And now folks can go to Belgrade and actually go to the Tesla Museum. But all the notes that were handed over to the, to the Yugoslav government for the Tesla Museum all of those notes, here's what's so funny, they didn't include one set of notes. Those are the notes for Tesla's anti-gravity. And those notes were kept in United States custody, and ultimately they were sent to General Nathan Twining of the Air Material Command at Wright Field in Ohio. And it was Nathan Twining at Wright Field who took the Roswell material in 1947. Ooh. That's, that's an interesting oh. connection. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah. that's an interesting, interesting connection. You know, there's no such thing as uh, six degrees of separation in ufology. It's more like two, unless, of course, you're that's abducted. Right. Yeah, that's. Bill, yeah. You know what? Let me ask you because you know you, I've heard you know little stuff about it, but it's pretty much that you know Edison kind of won there. He got all the funding, and Tesla was kind of left behind the scenes. You know why was that? Because it sounds like to me that clearly he was the smarter guy. <laughs> I mean, well, and if he's working thing, on these part things, of his politics, well, you're, well, you're right. Except that and money. there are a number of factors. One was that Tesla was his own worst enemy. I mean, he was um, he was. Uh, bordered on manic depression. So even though he was brilliant and he had these incredible flights of fancy, he could not stand to be contradicted. And, uh, and so there was that difference in, in personality. The second was Edison hated uh, Tesla because it was Tesla's company backed by um, Westinghouse, I guess. It was, it, it was actually Tesla's uh, company that won the bid for the Chicago World's Fair of 1893 to electrify the whole fair with alternating current. And the rivalry between Tesla and Edison and, and, and DC versus AC was so intense that Edison actually arranged to have a person killed to show how dangerous AC was. See, the thing with direct current Wow. Was that direct current dropped off markedly? It was only good for one square mile. So you have to have relay stations built every mile or so. And Edison already had his own office 
his own company uh, distributing municipal power to New York City. So he's not going to brook Tesla coming along and saying, we'll rip all this infrastructure out and build new. So that was one. And then there was the scientific principle where, where Edison believed truly that AC current, because it was so high a current, was actually dangerous. It was, it was lethal. What Tesla did to get around it was Tesla um, bought a company that made transformers. So even though the current itself, and if you look at these high supply lines overhead in, 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 uh, along rural American roads out here in Pennsylvania, uh, those are dangerous current lines. But when they get to um, a local power supply, a transformer steps down the current to 110, 120, so that it, it, it supposedly will not kill you if you touch it. And that was Tesla's, uh, that's what Tesla brought to the transmission of alternating current. Well, what Edison did was New York State had, a, had an individual who was a condemned murderer, and he was going to be executed. So what Edison did, was he arranged for um, a, a person in the New York State Department of Corrections to build a chair, an electric chair, and the guy's name was Kamler, uh, to um, electrocute this guy. And what Edison did was he brought in alternating current to the chair. So he used alternating current. So the experiment was so gruesome, I mean, worse than the Green Mile, it was so gruesome that local newspapers, because since Westinghouse was Edison's sponsor, local newspapers in New York said that the prisoner had been Westinghoused. And that was how somebody was executed with the alternating current. That's how vicious this conflict became. I'm in for the wow. electric chair. I wish they'd bring the electric chair back. Don't they use it in some states? Oh, why do you think they should bring the electric chair back? Most states are trying to cancel the death penalty. I know it, but that's uh, I just that's just my opinion. Hey, he gets nostalgic, Bill. Nostalgic. I'm you know? nostalgic. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's just my thing. He likes it. He likes a good old barbecue. That's what it is. Uh, you know, the Constitution <laughs> actually has an Eighth Amendment, which is called cruel and unusual punishment, and electrifying someone so that his head starts to smoke. Yeah, but isn't it just like taking somebody's life regardless of how you yeah, do it? It's I'm cruel and unusual. The hardcore like... people, these yeah, but don't you think there's a difference between, between the state sanctioning the killing of someone um, and, and a person taking someone's life? I mean, when you consider what it takes to actually execute someone, years and years, the appeals, the state's got to hire lawyers, it goes all the way up and down the ladder, you're better off just having the maximum sentence be a life sentence, the person never gets out of jail. Yeah. There you I'm go. That See, to me, that's what's wrong. Or they should just have an island somewhere and just throw all the criminals in that island, let them fend for themselves. Kind of like what happened in Australia many years ago. Or like Escape from New York, yeah. There you go. Just let them all fend for themselves. Oh, I love that show. Wow. I love that show. That Lee, uh, Kurt Russell and uh, who's who's the uh, the other guy in there? Um, the bald guy that uh, played in um, Kojak. Yeah, not Kojak. No, 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 no. He played in. Uh, oh, uh, let's just go on and forget that. 
I'll remember. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Moving on. Is that it? Ernest Borgnine? Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought so, yeah. And where were we going with that again, Chris? Escape from New York. Ah, yeah. Movie. Digress. That was it. Kurt hey, Russell. Hey, State Plus Jens. Kurt Russell. Point, which is, that's insane. Yeah, I knew Speaking Edison. Speaking of Kurt Russell, by the way. By the way, speaking of Kurt Russell, you know they're about to do a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. No kidding. Oh, they are? Yes. Yep, they are. It's official. Is Kurt Russell going to do it? Yes, he is. Oh, he's all over the place. He's also... For those kind of roles. He's also going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Is he really? Yep. He's going to play Star-Lord's dad. So cool. Fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, he may or may not play Star Lord's dad, but that's a whole other thing. That's the rumor. Yeah, that's uh, the rumor. That's the rumor. Uh, that is the the rumor. I'm so excited about it! Yeah. Anyway, moving back on to uh, Bill here, because uh, if not, these guys would completely derail the show. I would not. This, right. is, uh, this is true. No, this well, sorry not you. for the derailing. Maybe, maybe not you, Crystal, but tres leche. For sure. It's all my fault. I derailed the show again. <laughs> I'll take all the fault. It was my fault. I did it. Um, such a tangenty kind of. I ran off with the Ernest Borgnine oh. thing, and it, and it, and it lost Completely. focus. Yep, yep, it's all his Moving fault. Moving back to, to Tesla, though. Let's go back to where we're talking about Tesla. Every yes, day. because yeah. Tesla was. Jesus. We, uh, so hard to get back to uh, back on track here. Uh, almost killed working on his projects, right, Bill? He was heavily he had, shocked he, really he bad. Had, he, he, he did incur injuries. Yeah, yes. that's true. Um, probably was killed at the end. Heard. I mean, he probably was well, killed, was I mean, he? I mean, and he was also very sick as a child. I mean, he had to true. be removed from school and taken back to his parents' house, and he was also um, he was also affected by the death of his brother. So he certainly did encounter hard knocks in his life. What was the official cause of death, though, for Tesla? He died of a heart attack. He heart died attack? of old age. Old age heart attack. Can we confirm that, or can we turn that to conspiracy probably. somehow? He was very sick. I mean, he he was living. I mean, he was living alone. He'd blown through tens of millions of dollars. Crazy. Yeah. Um, by by mm. by 1943. I mean, when you consider this, by 1943, not only had Tesla been proven correct about alternating current, mm-hmm. not only was alternating current lighting America, but um, the United States Supreme Court had pulled the patent for wireless radio transmission away from Marconi and handed it to Tesla. Wow. So why did so he die? Tesla is the official anyone. inventor of radio, according to the United States Supreme Court. He's the official because inventor. Marconi, who was working for Mussolini, wanted to charge the United States government a license fee for using radio. And it would have been a massive license fee. And so the United States didn't want to pay it. And so Tesla was encouraged to um, challenge the Marconi patent with his own notes. And the Supreme Court upheld. And the government didn't have to pay Marconi. Wow. I did with not all, With I all the no things idea. that he yeah. did, i got to ask, with all the things that he did, how the hell did he die penniless? Yeah, how did he blow that money? I mean, well, well, you have to think he was just throwing it all into his experiments. And the way Bill describes him, he wasn't. 
he yeah, but tens of, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, and back then millions of he dollars. He invested carry. his own money in things, and, and 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 he lost a lot of money. I mean, when you consider that tower out on Long Island, where he put the tower up at his own expense, well, with investment money, he couldn't get anybody to invest once it was built because nobody wanted a knew how to meter wireless transmission of electricity. Now we know how to do that. Right. Back then we didn't. And um, at the and in World War One, the United States government thought that German U-boats could home in on that tower, so they blew it up. <laughs> wow, that has to suck being ahead of your time. I no mean, kidding. how many things yeah, did he affect that they just that's couldn't one use. way Tesla lost a, 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 a lot of money. Go ahead, Chris, ask that question again. I don't think it was yeah, how very... many things did Tesla invent that they couldn't use then that we use now? You know, it's like that moment. That, oh, yeah, oh, wow. we could use that. Everything. You know? <laughs> Bill, pretty much. He invented, he invented um, first of all, he invented wireless transmission. Right. He, he invented, um, he invented, not just radio, but um, in his theories, he never built this, but he invented um, the idea for the wireless transmission of video images. Mm. So, that was, so that would have been television. He invented radio-controlled weapons, which actually the first radio-controlled weapon we ever used was based on a Tesla design, and that was used in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, it was a device that Tesla invented, tried to sell to the Navy in World War One. He tried to sell robots. Well, he didn't call them robots because that would piss uh, robot is a, is a check word. Right. But um, he tried to, but but he was talking about mechanized men and robotic devices, and and now these are proliferating. He was an early experimenter in the field of artificial intelligence. And we know that Elon Musk, the head of SpaceX and Tesla Motors, uh, Elon Musk is experimenting with artificial intelligence. And He's so a reincarnation of Tesla, maybe. Crickets hmm. <laughs> on that no, one. That wow. <laughs> yeah, nobody, huh? Nobody. Empty space, nobody. just like outer space. Crickets, there. Here, yeah, here, here, here's a, hold on, a question, though, Bill. Um, how advanced do you think at his time was uh, was Tesla compared to the rest of the scientific community? And uh, compared to what we have today in the scientific community, is he still more advanced than the guys working in science today? Because science, to me, it seems like it's kind of like at a standstill in a lot of areas. No imagination. Yeah, no. None. Uh, it depends on the area of science you're talking about. I mean, Tesla was way far advanced for his time. Right. I mean, really, way advanced. I would say like he's like 50 to 100 years more advanced than anybody else at that time. With what oh, he's yeah. Thinking. I mean, he's talking about wireless well, transmission yes, of energy. He's talking, he about, um, he's talking about uh, uh, communicating with other planets. He's talking about all kinds of things. Way, you know, robots, way beyond the expertise of his time. But now, where the exciting stuff is going on is in uh, radio astronomy, theoretical physics, I mean, uh, when you consider where physics is now, physics now is where science fiction was 20 years ago. Right, 
Right. Uh, I mean, that's where this now. I mean, we're talking about the fact we're we're actually in 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 this in theoretical physics. We're talking about things like the concept of block time, where there's no such thing as as, as past, present, and future. But since the future influences the past because of mm. the Heisenberg uncertainty theory and other right. aspects of it, uh, you're talking about uh, incredible theories of the relationship of, of, of time. You're talking about multiple universes that came out of the Big Bang that are so close to our own universe that there are actual ways to cross between universes and probably not realize it. I mean, that's... Uh, that's where physics is. So that's fascinating. We're in an era of talking on a molecular biological level, where again, molecular biology talking about um, the, uh, the distribution of certain kinds of nerve cells and the function of certain kinds of nerve cells and, and human ability is way beyond where it was even 10 years ago. I mean, so, would we say um, that the next 20, 30 years is going to be looked at one day as the golden era of this kind of science? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that I think that by 30 years from now, probably by 25 years from now, we will have at least the beginnings hmm. of an idea to have a colony on Mars. We will have reached Mars. We will be, um, I mean, look at the discovery, just look at the discovery just this week that was announced that an actual planetoid, a dwarf planet in the Kuiper Belt beyond Neptune, that's now got its own moons. I mean, they're like 100 miles apart, you know, 100 miles in diameter, which is tiny. But it's there. But that's fascinating. Right. That you've got solar systems within solar systems, or you've got systems, and you got a systems. whole planet full of weed. <laughs> That's right. I did derailing the show one more time, Christopher J. Brown. No, but it's true. That is true. There was a the whole planet of weed, according to Angel, who read the article. That they say the plants that are three thousand times more powerful in THC. So there you go when you're talking about all these I different planets. To do with that oh, tangent. my God. That was amazing. My fault. I had nothing to do with it. Bill, I Bill. apologize. That was all Chris Brown. blame it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Bill is like, why? What is he you, even going You've done it again. Ah, Christopher J. Brown. Bill, I have actually have a question, though. You said that Please. Tesla was trying to – I do. I have, a, I have a Tesla question. He was trying to communicate with other planets. So my question right. to you is, do you think he was successful? And if not, do you think the government was and are doing so now? I Bill. think, I think <laughs> just knowing what I know about people who said they were in the know, like what did J. Allen Hynek really know? What did Carl Sagan really know? What did people inside NASA tell me about what was going on in the 1960s? When uh, Jerry uh, uh, during the Hilldale UFO sightings, so um, I think the government knows absolutely far more. I think that's why it's such a closely guarded secret that um, that were human beings to know for sure the extent of what the government knows, that there would have to be a restructuring. An entire restructuring of um, 
human thought about where we are and, and who we are and where we're going. And I think that it's best in, I think the government thinks, and they may be right, that really why bother? Like they know what's happening. So keep people happy as long as they can. Do you think it's bad news? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I, I think that, um, and it's stuff you can see around you. I think hmm. that um, we are looking at the event horizon of the sixth extinction. Mm. I mean, life on Earth, certain aspects of life on Earth are, are going to change, and they're going to change dramatically. And that may result in um, a, just a very large, I mean, biblically significant downsizing of the human population, if not the extinction of us in this time frame. Well, not only that, not only that, Bill, it doesn't even have to only be a natural disaster or a catastrophe. Uh, I mean, great civilizations only last so long. We're talking about Egyptian civilizations, the uh, the Mayans, the Aztecs. I mean, they lasted only so long. I mean, how long do you think the U.S. is going to last as a superpower or the number one superpower? And how long do you think our civilization think, is going to last the yeah, way it is? I don't think it's a question of the U.S. lasting. I think it's a question of... Society the way it is, period. Yeah, society the way it is. Yeah, right. I think that's right. So, with that, with that in mind, then, then wouldn't, isn't it possible that an understanding of, if there is any, knowledge that the government is getting from ETs, different planets, might be a positive thing for us in opening minds, broadening our horizon, making us, you know, look at the planet in a more respectful way, so we yeah, can if they're if they're if they're positive ETs, but who knows what contact they're making, whether they're positive or negative. But one thing I always found really interesting, Bill, is how Nikola Tesla's, uh, you know, he passed away on forty three, nineteen forty three. Uh, and the war ended in 45, and then we had the Roswell crash in 47, all following each other by a couple of years. To me, that's always been intriguing because Tesla was working on what a lot of folks believed was a flying saucer for the government. And that incorporated into the, what the government was working on when they inherited all the Nazi uh, German scientists and what they were working on. It would lead to, you know, to give you a little bit of, uh, of, I guess, uh, evidence to maybe that's what happened at Roswell, I think. Well, that was the theory that um, this person, Annie Jacobson, advanced in right. her book on Area 51. Correct. When, when did that book come out, by the way? What? When did that book come out? Oh, about five years ago, maybe. Okay. Four, four years ago. And uh, she'd advanced that theory. Mm-hmm. Um, that she'd been told by someone who worked at Area 51 and Anthony Bregalia figured out who that was, discovered who that was or told her that story, that really uh, the Nazis had been working on very advanced aircraft, the Horton Brothers Flying Wing, and they were using, cra- and they were using um, children who'd been deformed and, uh, by Josef Mengele, and that's what actually crashed in Roswell, and it was kind of a big deception. Uh, and, of course, that was debunked almost immediately as a theory. But how do you debunk that, though? I mean, Well, you debunk it a couple of ways. One was that the, uh, that what 
she had said was the nature of the craft that was at Roswell was a version of the Horton Brothers flying wing, and that's why nobody recognized it. And that's false on its face, mm. because in the 1938 movie, Shape of Things to Come by, by H.G. Wells, they were flying around in flying wings. That was the craft they were flying around, and that was a full 10 years before Roswell. Mm, uh, the United States had a flying wing bomber in the 1930s. It was never developed. It was only used as a as an example, but we actually had flying wings. So we knew what they were. And as far as the Horton Brothers flying wing was concerned, the Horton Brothers flying wing was made of wood. So there was no memory metal, nothing miraculous about the material that was made. It was made of wood. The other thing was the Nazis had no intercontinental bomber. There was no way for the Germans to fly a bomber or to fly a warplane across the ocean to land in the American Southwest. It didn't happen. And so, I mean, those things alone, and Mengele, Mengele was running, through, uh, was running for his life through South America in, in 1940, after the war. He, he was smuggled out, and he was continuing his experiments in epigenetics and genetics among the South Americans. That's why um, um, countries in South America had this, mass, had this large birth rate of blonde-haired, blue-eyed children in the late 1940s until, uh, you know, Mengele was... They actually caught this guy. Well, they didn't catch him. They, they, he had died. Mengele was like one of the worst human beings on the planet ever. Ever. Oh, like so, ever. I mean, so can we can we determine then what what happened to uh, the plans that Tesla was working on? I mean, I'm pretty sure the government got a hold of it. Do you think any of that has made its way into any aerial uh, devices that we have currently for uh, military experiments? Bill, we lost Bill. I think we lost Bill. Did we? We lost oh. Bill. Well, the the phone number still shows. Bill, oh, no. you want to answer that, Bill? No, he ran out of oh. power. Well, let's yeah. do, let's go to commercial break, and we'll try to get Bill back on. And we were due for a break anyway, so we are due for a break. Yes, let's do uh, let's hit break, and we'll get Bill back on the line, and we'll answer more questions about Nikola Tesla, Nazi uh, possibly uh, being connected to uh, Tesla's work, and of course, what's going on in Antarctica? What's going on in Antarctica? And if you want to call in, your call is 786-245-8127. This is Skywatchers Radio. We'll be right back.
in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now, this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well, it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, and uh, hopefully we can take your calls if you guys want to join in, because we lost our bill. We lost bill. We, I we had lost so many questions bill. Up, and we lost bill. I'm so... Yeah, and you know what happens if you lose your bill. Big issues. You're going to owe a lot of money. Yeah, you're going to get final notices all over the place. All so if you want to join us and uh, join in the conversation, please call again. The number is 786-245-8127. Again, 786-245-8127. And, of course, for the other guys, friends that are special needs, 786 <laughs> Really, man? You had to go Four or five. Just because you have issues making a complete sentence. Eight. Doesn't mean that everybody. One, two, seven. Sorry. Some people who are. You saw how I sang the last two numbers? Not have two, a seven. Paper, you know, to jot it down when you say it so quickly. That's all. I don't think I say it that quickly, to be honest with you. I really don't. It's okay. It's okay. I'm very sad that we lost Bill, though. I had like a million questions for Bill. Bill just kept saying things, and I just haven't kept having questions. I think all power went down because the, the Skype died, the phone died. I think we oh, just... Oh, my goodness. Sure see, we were talking to sure see. That's what happened. We were talking some craziness. See, what it, this is what happens when you talk about Mangala, Tesla, Nazi UFOs, and men the possibility the men in black came out. No, I don't even think it was the men in black. I think it was the women in black that did this. They- Women in black that oh, did this? Yeah, it might be. You know, hey, it might be the women. They were. In black. They were the women they in were black seen. dressed up as clouds. In a... Yeah, they were feminazis, and uh, it was. Paul the, Feig uh, was all over this. <laughs> it it oh. was the women in black. Oh, my goodness. Paul Feig is going to make a movie about this. Oh, my goodness. It's true. It's true, it's true. But no, Bill even said, I mean, the, the, and I wanted to eventually try to segue back to the conversation where Bill was talking about it was the fascinating, sound yeah. wave. It was, it was fascinating. They, talk, they used a the sound wave to levitate something. That's like, Uh-oh. I love, I love Guys, it. guys, guys, hold on. Bill? Oh, Yes, I am back. Yay! We have our Bill. So what happened was Nancy's computer went dead, and so we couldn't do Skype on her computer. Gotcha. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Well, it's awesome to have you back on. We're back on the air. We're live. And Crystal had a billion and one questions. She was about okay, to start well, crying. Let's, let's, let's get it Billy, on. she was about to start tearing right now. Like the tears are going to pour like the waterfalls of Niagara Falls down this we woman's don't face. Get them on the computer. No, that's a bad idea. Especially if you have sugary drinks and uh, you have sugar in your tears. You don't want that. So she was about to start crying like a baby because she couldn't ask you any more questions. So it's it's her turn now. Crystal, ask your first question. Go. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. I know. Yeah. I don't. I've got so many. I don't know where to go. No pressure. Go. Go, girl. Right. You got it, girl. Go. I got it. I got it. I got it. So because we were talking about to try to keep the conversation on a semi-straight path, we were talking about yeah, Christopher J. Brown. Mangala, yeah, we were talking about Mengele and Tesla and you know Nazis, UFOs. So my question to you is: Did they go to Antarctica? And is there something there? I want Bill's opinion. According to Admiral Byrd. According to a number, actually a number of people, one is that there was a whole German mm-hmm. settlement where the Germans had. Uh, this is actually before the Nazis, where the Germans had gone to the poles, and they found themselves able to penetrate. There was a, a hole, and, and they could go down there, and they actually started a whole country down there called New Swabia. And as the war progressed and the Germans were losing, um, some of their high command fled to New Swabia, and they had actually an entire civilization down there, their own civilization, and it was a Nazi, it was the Reich, and they had a civilization. 
And uh, after the war, Admiral Byrd, who had discovered this hole in the earth, led an expedition to um, in, in the earth. And supposedly what happened was uh, he led a fleet of uh, seaplanes, took off from an aircraft carrier, uh, or planes took off from an aircraft carrier, and they entered this, toward this, this hollow in the earth. They flew in there, and they were attacked by flying saucers. They were all shot down. And supposedly Bird was captured, and he was told, look, you stay out of here. Um, if you ever come back, we're going to destroy the earth. We're going to destroy you. Just leave us alone. And the records of that whole expedition were buried because Bird wouldn't reveal what he, or what he learned. So that is, that is one of the stories about the new Germany called New Swabia um, at the center of the earth. But uh, there have been a lot of stories about mm -hmm. people going down into the earth. Uh, I've never been down there, so I can't tell you firsthand <laughs> if there's anything to it. But so hold on. So this is something you haven't experienced? I've not gone down. Pat Oscar went down into a deep cape outside of Roswell. I believe that. And he went down into a, a well in um, Texas where we were investigating the Aurora, Texas airship mystery from 1897. He descended into that well where the airship crashed and sure enough found aluminum parts down there. No and kidding. the funny thing about the aluminum parts that he found, when we had them tested at North Texas University, when we had them tested, we were told this was aluminum that was not manufactured after 1950. It was old, old, old aluminum. Oh, wow. It is, it is an alloy no longer made today. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, Bill, question. Knowing what we know now about Tesla, knowing what we know about, about you know what happened at Roswell and the Nazi uh, and all that stuff, and uh, do you really believe that there's a Hollow Earth? Is you know basically what I want to get at because you know my good buddy Dennis Crenshaw, who uh, was uh, the Hollow Earth insider for many, many years. And even he wasn't 100% convinced that there was a hollow earth, but there was pockets with, within the earth. Do you think that's part of the major conspiracy when it comes to ufology, all these pockets within the earth? That I, I don't think that there's a hollow earth. I mean, privately, I just don't think that exists. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't think there's a whole civilization down there. And although what, what I, I, I do think is more than possible is that animals migrated through caves. I mean, we know the human beings lived in caves. Right. We know the human beings lived in caves for warmth. We know that looking at some of the incredible... Oh, we know the human beings lived in caves and took psychedelics. And we know that... So we, so we know a lot. Um, what I do think is that some animals, let's just say reptiles might have found as, as the Earth's climate changed, the Ice Age advanced, we know the climate change was partly responsible for the dinosaurs dying off. We know that it was partly the result of a kind of a nuclear winter from a tremendous meteor impact. We know these kinds of things. And, and I think that as the climate changed, you might have had some reptiles, some species mm. of reptiles, crawl into caves, going deeper and deeper into the earth, where they might have evolved. And they might have looked like a very scary kind of animal to, let's say, human beings thousands of years ago, tens of thousands of years ago. Maybe deep in the earth, some of these remains are still able to be retrieved. I doubt it. But that's 
uh, that's you know remains within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm with you. I don't really think that the Hollow Earth is a there, there is any truth to that, but I do think there is pockets. I mean, you, you would give credence to there being pockets like the Nazi absolutely, theory. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Um, we we just know how how human civilization evolved yeah. from just those pockets and caves. We know how society became organized. I now, still if, think that there was a whole civilization of human beings before the current civilization of human beings. I think there was one whole group before us that died off. Whether that was part alien, part human, or human, I don't know. But I just know that when there is a series of ruins in Gobekli Tempe, um, in Turkey, and the Anunnaki referred to those ruins as the elders or the old people or the old ones. Right. That's that's that, that says a lot. When the Sphinx has water erosion on it, and for all we know, it's been desert. Forever. Since, since yeah. there was in Egypt, yet there's water yeah. erosion on the Sphinx. I'm not even getting into the conspiracy theories about the pyramids. Right. But I'm just going to say, just it, there's evidence of water erosion on the Sphinx, and 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 what does that say about the climate in which that Sphinx that Sphinx was built? I'm with you 100%. This is something that me and, uh, and Dennis used to get into all the time, and you know, bringing it back to the Hollow Earth, but. It, Question, really, what do you think is more absurd or more plausible, a hollow earth or a flat earth? Well, <laughs> that's like saying, no, that's like saying, you know, what it, the, 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 uh, we know there's no flat earth, not only because it was, it's been circumnavigated, but we can see it from space. I mean, there are cameras on the moon that look at the earth. And, but oh, can look, we right. really, Bill? What? Can we really? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, he's <laughs> like, yes, what, yes. We can, can we what, fly? Have we fly? Have we flown a rocket ourselves? What would be the motivation? <laughs> what would be the motivation for astronaut after astronaut going up in everything from Mercury to Gemini to Apollo to, to everything? What would be there? What would get them to lie? I mean, it would be. It would be at some point in the history of the American space program since 1960. There would be some inclination, hey, wait a minute, we thought this was a round earth, it's not. There'd be some inclination of that, unless there'd be this whole society of people specifically created to conspire to put up a false theory, by the way, since probably the year 1500. Like, wouldn't, couldn't the same thing be said about UFO, ufology in general, like, especially when you deal with NASA and the cover-up? And the same thing could be well, said. No, I'll tell you why. Because we have direct physical evidence. We have eyewitnesses. We have testimony. We have photographs. We have physical trace evidence. I mean, I've seen some of it myself in the Delphos, Kansas case. This, uh, uh, the soil from there, where the UFO landed, I've seen the photographs. Um, I've spoken to the researchers. And, and and there is the soil sitting in Phyllis Budinger's lab up in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. It, it's the weirdest thing. You you cannot. It, it's like sand turned to cement, and yet it's sand. <laughs> so what do you say to people who uh, come at you with uh, the whole flat Earth theory? I don't say, that's a great idea. You know, I mean, prove it. You know, show me a photograph of a flat Earth, and you know what? I'll say, hmm, there's a possibility here. You would think there would be at least one. 
at least one somebody that would have came out. I mean, all the whistleblowers we've got that have just at least spread a conspiracy theory, you know, has anybody ever come out and say, nah, guys, they're lying. The planet's totally flat. I just mm-hmm. can't That's right. from the, you I know, mean, nobody's you know, ever done it. Yeah, I mean, and why would this planet be flat and all the other planets around us be round? Oh, but why Bill, they say, those, round? they say all those planets around us are holograms. They're not even true. They're not real. I don't even know what we're on. We're like on a on like a plate. (laughs) We're actually we're inside of one of those little like Christmas ornaments. We're in a petri dish. It was called Dark City, where they um, abducted a a whole bunch of people, a whole city, and they had them in kind of like a flat plateau. Mm -hmm. And the experiment was to change their perceptions of reality by by switching their personalities from body to body. Brilliant, brilliant movie, by the way. Kiefer Sutherland but, is amazing in that film. Yeah, he, he's yeah. excellent. And, yeah, and you compare Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland in that movie to Kiefer Sutherland in 24. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Yeah, I love 24. That was a great series. No, but his, he's a master actor. I mean, he's an, an amazing, amazing actor. He really escapes into the characters he plays. And he's then, a yeah. twin. You know, he's he, a twin. He whispers his lines. He makes whispering scary. <laughs> because when he's Jack Bauer, he's like, "I'm whispering at you. I'm gonna break your neck." It's scary for the guy. He's gonna break his neck. If you hear that, if you hear that whisper on Twenty Four, something bad's gonna happen to you. Yeah. yeah well, when the new <laughs> series comes out, he's gonna pass the torch. Somebody yes, else will be whispering. I've heard that. Twenty Four Legacy will be coming soon. Uh-oh. Oh my goodness! Will not be the same without Jack Bauer. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm saying. Well, you know, he's gonna make his handing off the torch thing like. You know, a, like some other movies have. Whatever. Okay, Bill. Still not the my same. next question. I know. Go ahead. For Go Bill. ahead, Crystal. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, my next question for Bill. There is apparently there's been a lot of talk, well, not a lot, whatever, about a, a object at the bottom of the Baltic Sea yes. that resembles a UFO right, or the Millennium right. Falcon. Yes. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, there was a sea captain who basically said he found this object. Um, there's been a big dispute about whether the object is actually a USO at the bottom of the Baltic or whether it's something else. Um, I've not seen any video. I've not seen any footage of it. Uh, it simply dropped off the radar. Yeah, it kind of died down completely because there was like some sonar stuff they were talking about and they, they showed some video, and then it completely just went off the reservation. Like That's it. Yeah, it yeah. just disappeared. One theory was that it simply was a natural thing. It wasn't real. It wasn't an object. It wasn't, and goodbye. That was one theory. Another right. theory was that it was really hushed up because they found something. Mm. It was like the abyss or something. Also a great movie. What do yes. you think? Because I'm always interested. I mean, especially when you know you hear something about this, and then all of a sudden you just don't anymore. Like nobody else went to go check it out. I just found the uh, shape of the thing to be kind of ironic. It would happen around the same time that George Lucas was thinking about selling Star Wars. Right. I, I, I just don't think it's real. <laughs> I, I, I think that, they, that it wasn't as though it was debunked. It was they didn't know what it was, and they figured out what it was, and it was perfectly natural, and it's gone. That's some and, odd land formation down there. It's, yeah. 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 
interesting. Yeah. Now there was uh, something over at the Malibu uh, area in. Oh you know, yeah, those the tunnels, the caves. Yeah, do you know anything about that? Because honestly, I, I looked at some of the uh, the stuff that came out earlier on that, and of course, Little Ray of Sunshine was uh, talking about that uh, as well on uh, YouTube and on his show, and uh, I didn't really see any uh, any big deal there. Like I didn't see anything. Uh, any uh, anything that's happened with that? You know, since no, not really. I mean, um, there was a lot of speculation uh, on, on. That's all there is, though, right? Just speculation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there was some group was going to take a, a submarine down there. You can't dive down there. First of all, it it it's it's off this area. It's, I think it's Point Magoo, and it is <clears throat> if you go inland. From where this is, this is a, a, a group of, of, of points of land that jut out, and um, on the on the southern side of that is Santa Monica Bay, and on the northern side of that you get you head up to the Channel Islands off uh, off the coast of Ventura County. So there is, um, I think, a Google Earth or something that showed what looked like caves. And if you were to go take a straight line, you get to China Lake Naval Base, which is inland for some weird reason. But there are a lot of naval bases. There are a lot of military bases around there. So one thought was, well, maybe this is a place where flying saucers go. Uh, I don't know about that, but maybe it's a channel. These are channels for subs. I mean, if, if there's a way for a submarine to go, and we know that there's the possibility of, of submarines hiding in caves, so let's just say that there is a channel underneath the California coast where submarines can go, they can load up, they can be stealthy, they don't have to be dry docked above, uh, above water. Right. It makes sense. I mean, yep. if, if you are, <clears throat> we know some of this, that this technology exists because we were in Andros Island, which is the home of ORTEC, the Atlantic Undersea Testing Center. Right. And there... There was a very, very deep trench and a very uh, thick cable running deep under the ocean. And so we believe that there were submarine channels there. I mean, why have a naval base with no ships? So there was that. So it's not impossible that um, there, is, there are underwater rivers or underwater docking stations and uh, where submarines can go and get fueled up or crews can go, um, even if there's kind of an underground tunneling system, um, and I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> uh, Ken Storch, Ken Storch and, and his partner were surveilling, I think it was Dugway, if I could better call Ken Storch back, well, were surveilling uh, the area um, around Dugway in Utah. And they were following. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. And they yeah. were following a convoy of trucks to what they thought would be a checkpoint, and the truck simply disappeared. And to this day, Ken George will tell you that he fully believes those trucks went underground. Just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so so if you yep. wanted to have. A secret facility, you'd put her underground. We yeah, have the technology yeah. to do it. No, we know we have facility, oh, facilities underground. Look, yeah. Walt Disney has a whole city underground in Orlando. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, that's we, Walt Disney. We have that, yeah, we have that technology. So, I mean, why would we not? So it makes perfect sense. Now, the fact that there were actually UFO tunnels underneath, underneath uh, Malibu, I mean, that set off a mini flap with um, some... 
um, scholars saying that was really a photographic aberration. They didn't exist. Um, no human-made caves could be dug into that in the first place. Maybe they were natural depressions which show up as shadows. These were some of the thoughts that were battering around. I know that um, I, I want to say Lee Spiegel from Huffington Post really right. went on the air and just debunked this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. Well, I was going to mention, too, uh, you know, I'm not real familiar with where they build these submarines or not, but, I mean, I don't think it's a real public place where they build these these things. So could it be reasonable that this could actually be also maybe where they're manufacturing these things and then and then being able to to ship them out, from, launching from them out, to, launching them out from there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like got, yeah, it's true. You got to manufacture them somewhere. It makes sense to yeah. do it somewhere and they under don't the have ocean. Places where people can go and see these things. I mean, they're, they're the second between those and the the airline. You know, the space aircraft are really the two most uh, secretive things that the government has. And so, I don't know if it's anything that people are showing that where they're going to be working on. I just love how everybody always jumps to the uh, conclusion. Oh, it must be an alien base with alien ships. <laughs> Has no, to be aliens. I, it no, can't I be mean, anything I, but aliens. I, I, aliens, I it aliens, more aliens. sense that it's that it's a secret military facility right. than anything else. Simply because um, there's a naval station inland, and if you go further inland from China Lake, you wind up in Area 51. So you've got a whole area of testing facilities heading out all the way into um, Santa Monica Bay with um, the missile testing center out there. So I mean, that whole area is military. So yeah. it's not as though so it's not as though it's it's far fetched that they were able to um, have a kind of an underground channel leading from the Pacific Ocean yep. to and that's where China they send Lake. all the Navy SEALs down mm-hmm. there for their training. Uh, training too, all yeah, the yeah. butts and all that's all right. No, no, no like every San Diego. This is yeah. uh, This is much further north. Yeah, it's this further, is further. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still, you know, it's still. not as though it's a big drive to get from San Diego to Ventura County. Sure, it's only about it's, it's only about what five hours maybe. No, and not only that, a helicopter anyway. Yeah, you got to also keep in mind that everybody's so busy, you know, worrying about Area Fifty One that they could easily have a bunch of different secret bases in that area that nobody even knows about. Stuff like this. Right. I mean, they could do munitions tests. They could be doing a whole bunch of things. But just when you consider that China Lake is right mm-hmm. there, and it's inland, and then you've got these that look like tunnels um, along the California coast, it, it just it just raises the possibility that why wouldn't there be? I mean, it makes it's perfectly plausible. I mean, you it. see them in James Bond movies, sure. you know. True. Right. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I almost Crystal? think that people like it. I, it just amuses me that it blows their mind that the government <laughs> would have like a deep underground military base. Like, really? What do you think all the trillions of dollars in taxes are going for? Really? <laughs> to fix our roads only? No. no it, it's no. the $1,400 toilet seat. It is. Correct. It's all yes. this. And then when all of a sudden we see something like that, then it's like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I'm not even well, surprised it, when it, I see stuff it, like that. Go, I think it's the uh, um, it's it's the Greenbrier Hotel in West Virginia, where during the Eisenhower years they actually constructed what turned out to be a nuclear facility, a nuclear uh, a fallout facility for members of Congress, right under the eyes of the hotel goers. They uh, the people doing the construction were came in as television repairmen. 
supposedly installing televisions or replacing televisions in the rooms. They were really fitting out an underground facility for members of Congress in the event of a nuclear war. Mm. Congress would be um, uh, would be transported to this facility. Uh, they would be housed. There were bunks. We had a guided tour. There were bunks. There were kitchen facilities. There was only enough oxygen for two weeks. So think about that. And the thing remained secret from the Eisenhower years right through the, the beginning of the 21st century when a reporter for the Washington Post blew the cover of the story, and that's when they turned it into a, a, a tourist facility. Guys, uh, anybody down to a Skywatcher's radio remote? You can go check out this facility? Huh? Let's go. Yeah, I, I think if it's not cool haunted, thing. I'm in. If it's haunted, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's haunted, I'm definitely in. Okay, well, then you and your, your, your life mate can go do that, and I'll be in my office. He's my hetero radio life mate. Whatever. I'm sorry. That's right. Okay. <laughs> you guys go do the show at the haunted location, and I will be safe in my house. I always find it funny, like when I see videos on YouTube and stuff of like bomb shelters and uh, and how folks uh, go crazy building these crazy tunnels just to, in case the big one hits. What if like a comet hits? Wouldn't that like completely like destroy your uh, little bomb shelter there? Like, yeah, you really would have no yeah, chance. I wouldn't. Yeah, like. I mean, yeah, maybe if you get attacked. Volcanic eruptions, you know. But even if a nuclear bomb, like say North Korea goes crazy and they actually drop the bomb on us, you know, if that happens, uh, what's a little shelter going to do? Well, well no. what, what a shelter, what a little shelter is going to do. I mean, if it's a real radiation-proof shelter, I mean, if it's a real underground shelter, then what it's going to do is keep you alive. Um, until such time as you can figure out where, you know, whether it's safe to stick your head out and you know, just prairie dog around. Yeah, do you really want to live uh, after the uh, nuclear explosion? <laughs> That's the whole Bill? thing is you can't outlive it because it's around yeah. for so long. So you're like you dig your dig yourself underground and then you're stuck underneath. Yeah, the basically ground. digging a grave gonna, where you could live yeah, in you're for digging your own grave. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Well, just think about if you if you outfitted your doomsday prep shelter with hazmat suits. Yeah. So in it, so right, I mean, right. it, it's so you really could go outside if there's a plague or radiation sickness because you're in a hazmat suit. Yeah, they're expensive. But you got to get rid of the has one hazmat suit after you use it. You got to throw it away because you couldn't reuse that. So you would have right, to have so it unless so, you hose so it down properly. All, I thought. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. So what if all you're going to do? Is 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 uh, you're not going to use it to go foraging for animals because you can't you eat them anyway. Yeah. So so what you're probably going to do is use it to go on that long trek outside the lethal radiation zone. Yeah, but how would you even know where the radiation zone ends? Well, you wouldn't stick your head out until, <laughs> uh, until you knew. I'm going to check. Let me take my helmet off. Let me just, let me just <laughs> sniff the wind and see if there's radiation. Oops, guess there is. By the way, Bill, no, I can re- I can recommend a movie for you uh, dealing on the on this very subject that I just saw recently. I think you'd love uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Have you seen that yet? No, but I've heard Ooh, about it. Oh yeah, good good. Watch movie. it. It's an, an incredibly yeah. well shot movie. It's uh, I would say this uh, John Goodman Oscar nomination deserved. <laughs> so good in this movie. Yeah. Just it's amazing. Great, great film. And it deals with the whole bomb shelter thing, but of course it's dealing with aliens, uh, which is another uh, interesting subject altogether. If aliens are coming down here, and yeah, we jump in a bomb shelter, how safe is that really? 
Well, at least you'd have something to eat for a while. I don't think, I, I, you know, I, I definitely, if someone really asked me, look, do you think it's ever going to be an alien invasion of Earth? I would say, yes, there was an alien invasion of Earth. That's basically how we got here. Since we're the aliens in the first place, true, I believe that. Yeah, that would be that would uh, that would be my answer. And if I were going to invade a planet, I would invade it the way this planet was invaded with DNA. I mean, you know, why? If if a culture is that advanced, the last thing you're going to have are these robotic insectoid creatures stomping all, all over the place and destroying the very thing they're trying to take. For what possible purpose could that be? If somebody was able to transport itself um, from outside the solar system to here, I, I don't think the first thing they're going to do is destroy this planet. Mm. I think the first thing they're going to try to do is basically plant some seed here and know that it's going to take a while to grow. And that seed would have been us, and that would have been something like over 150,000 years ago, and we did grow. I always love the experiment went <laughs> it's terribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah. I think that that's part of the reason for all the um, yeah. intervention, that um, we are a colony of hmm, another species, of a, of a human species. We've, we've evolved to this planet, but we were, in fact, a colony. And there's a whole hidden history that's not being told to us, although we now know it. And our time on this planet is, geologically speaking, quickly coming to an end that it, it's no, it's no uh, coincidence that people like Stephen Hawking and other people like that have said, look, humanity's future is really not really on planet Earth. It's off planet. I think um, it's Mars, isn't it? I mean, are, isn't our sleep cycle uh, that of Mars? Like, don't we have the human bodies in it, like, supposedly the sleep cycle of Mars? Possibly, so, but, I mean, but I mean... that planet. Even, I mean, look at Mars. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. I think this is why we're so obsessed with like finding out what Mars is like and going to Mars and the and trying to like jump started, probes. Right? Some of us right. want to move there already. That's yeah, all. because this is our home and that's where we really are from. You know, I think that's that's, honestly, right. that's what that's what Jeff I believe. Shostak of of uh, a said yep. me. He said yeah. he said that chunks of Mars broke off. That became the formation of life on Earth. So technically speaking, we're not Earthlings. We're Martians. Correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. I totally believe that. That's cool. You yeah. know, I always heard I've... the. Con oh, I just go ahead, Chris. Just say uh, real quick. I just it's always heard the concept, and I, you know, I'm no scientist or anything. That that the thing of it is when they get on Mars, that by getting there and being able to promote tree growth, grass growth, uh, and environment on it, they will be able to then raise the oxygen level of the planet and essentially bring a life to where you can actually live on it normal like we it's do. A, it's Earth a little bit more complicated yeah, than that, I don't though. know if that's, yeah. that's exactly First of all, you're going to need somebody like uh, Luke uh, Skywalker's uh, on and uncle with uh, moisture farming. And you're going to have to like, moisture the atmosphere because it's a very thin atmosphere. And you're going to have to do that all over the planet, including then planting these uh, trees that right now you trees wouldn't survive on Mars. Right, Bill? I mean, if you plant trees on there, the way we conceive Mars, they'll die off immediately. Well, there are trees on Mars already. Well, so we, we think. We've taken, there's pictures well, out there no, that no, people there are, say. There are photos out there that well, like look I say, like this could they, take it looks a while like vegetation, and I agree. But, I mean, NASA hasn't come out and said, yep, those are trees. 
Those are definitely plant well, life. Yeah, so it does stand for never a straight answer. So. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy, though. I mean, because just think about it if you're, if if we're correct, okay? We came from Mars, possibly. Right, right. That's what I believe. Came down yep. to here, okay? Correct, yes, Bill yes. says, and a lot of people, a lot of other smart people say, it, we're like on the verge of extinction. Right. Wouldn't it be really good to know that, hey, guys, you came from Mars. You completely fucked that planet up. Maybe correct. you want to do something different when you get to Earth. Just throwing that out there. Like, nobody thinks it's a good idea to tell the population that. Or what if we are not the first experiment in human beings mm-hmm. that existed here? Um, I, yep, it's I not just there's been one extinction. I think that Multiple. there were other civilizations oh, yeah. of human oh, beings that. That, di- that completely died off, that were either maladapted, such as the uh-huh. little barrel-chested people that they found in Indonesia. Um, but I do Frodo. think that... No, but I think that there were. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, there were other civilizations and other societies that died off a, uh, ahead of us. And I think yeah, that, I our, that our concept of prehistory really is kind of an amalgamation of of cycles that went before us. And I think that partly there is a realization of this and a fear of this reaching the general populace. And so we basically reconstruct history. That's why there are so many books of the Bible that were excised from the Bible, True. like the Book of Enoch, for example. True. I mean, you know, like you read the book of, or the or the Book of um, uh, Nicodemus or the Book of Joseph. You know, uh, you read some of these books, and and you might as well be reading science fiction from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right? I mean, it's completely different. Flying saucers Mm -hmm. coming down on Mount Hermon. The Nephilim are really space creatures. Nobody knows why there are other creatures on Earth that don't look like us. All I know is that Moses spoke to a burning bush. (laughs) That could have been. uh, That actually. There was a. Actually, folks have tried to give a conventional explanation that it was actually a. Somebody was smoking pot on the other side of the bush. That's what I think. Or or a spaceship. Could have, been a, could have been a spaceship, yeah. <laughs> Spaceships at the bush of fire, possibly. Ezekiel's wheel. I mean, there are a lot of references in the Bible that you could you could say, yeah, that's definitely uh, UFO. It's true, right? I mean, yeah, you could, could say UFO. that. I mean, Ezekiel's wheel. You know, mm-hmm. if you just read that um, as kind of a straight like literature, you would think that he saw a flying saucer and he mm-hmm. saw alien creatures who gave him a prophecy about, you know, son of man, this is what you have to do. Which begs the question, Bill, if stuff like that is the case, then couldn't religion in general, like all our religious beliefs, maybe have come from outer space? Well, sure. I mean, that was... Um, Jan Rooney was Mickey Rooney's eighth wife. Right. Her father's name was Red Chamberlain. Red Chamberlain said that um, he he worked for Skunk Works, he worked for Lockheed, he was mm-hmm. in the Air, uh, Army Air Force in World War II. He said there are government files, and if those files were ever released, which they never will be, then the world's religions would collapse. And so I think that there really was a conscious effort to inculcate human beings with a belief that um, these creatures, I mean, if you look at it from the E.T. perspective, that, you know, that these are really E.T.s, and they created the story of a deity, Hmm. so that uh, in order for us to be controlled. I mean, if you look at the, if you just look at Genesis, for example, 
and just extrapolated this, you're talking about an extraterrestrial creature who creates two terrestrial creatures, but there's another creature already living here with the same sensing and power that the terrestrial creatures that were just created have that, sub- that subverts them from the extraterrestrial creature and is therefore punished by the extraterrestrial creature. Mm-hmm. And, and yet he loves us. New and meat. then the human genome is somehow mm-hmm. altered so that human beings, which were immortal at the very conception, are now mortal. Right. Yeah. That it's part just of crazy. It, yeah, that it part of it really crazy. sucks, by the way. Uh, by the way, we're, we're joined by Lou, who I'm sure has a fascinating question. Lou, right. welcome to Skywatchers Radio. Yeah, thank you very much. And Bill, I wanted to ask you about uh, your thoughts on the Stevensville case and the Phoenix Lights case. That is, you know, I've heard some people say that they think that those were U.S. military technology, or at least the Stevensville case one was. I mean, I personally don't think that. But what's your opinion of the two? And is there a connection? And, your, and what about the fact that pres, presidents were at least tangentially involved in both cases? So well, that's my, uh, those are my questions. Okay, well, the Stephenville case, I really, in neither, well, Stephenville case more than the Phoenix case. I think the Stephenville case probably was not something that was um, American technology. I, I just don't think so. The, the um, I did see the dashboard camera from this one constable's car. I actually wound up seeing that. And that certainly didn't look like um, any aircraft, uh, not, even, not even a balloon, which I thought the Phoenix craft was originally. Uh, the Phoenix Lights one, we were at the time experimenting. Uh, I guess we still are, but we were back then you're talking almost 20 years ago, we were back then experimenting with various types of giant neutral buoyancy craft. I know we had a cloaking device because I, I actually saw that thing working at Dugway. So I know we had a cloaking, uh, a, a cloaking device. And I, and, and I believe we had the ability to throw holograms out, into, out, out to, to make it seem as though the craft was moving in a direction when it wasn't. And all those factors um, describe the craft in um, the, the, the 830 lights in Phoenix. The people who saw it, and they did see a rigid structure, they were able to look through it. They were looking at somehow wavy starlight coming through it. At least that's what Fife Symington said. So if, if, if the military was experimenting with a cloaking device and wanted to get a public reaction to it, that's what was going on. Um, and the fact that it shot off, again, if it was a hologram um, and the ship could actually become invisible and those orbs could go, could go dark, the ship would look like it, it, it was doing a Star Trek maneuver, breaking, uh, going into, uh, into warp. That being said, the military was, as you heard um, Peter Davenport talk about on Monday night, the, the military was crazy secretive about it. Um, Fife Symington was forced into doing this stupid news conference about it. Um, the, uh, the military had camera footage from F-15s that they denied flying around that night after it. Um, that was uh, uh, taken away. 
Peter Davenport uh, of uh, the National Nuclear Reporting Center personally spoke to the airmen who retrieved the film footage from one of the F-15s and um, put it aboard uh, a, 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 a T-39 for a flight who knows where. Um, so he, that was a first-hand statement. So the the um, fact that it was a military plane or a military craft being tested, it is belied by the government's reaction to it. So it's okay. probably likely and both, what about were the... not, both were not. Yeah, I don't um, think so. I don't think so. I'm very skeptical that the U.S. government could pull something like that off. And I don't know why they would in that context. But, but what about the fact that it, you know Bill Clinton was at least tangentially that's involved? That's the other part. In, Bill Clinton supposedly had a quote-unquote knee injury. Right. And, and then was, George Bush. I, I didn't think he was at his compound in, in Texas at the time. I did not think he was. I, I may have misheard Davenport say that he was or someone say that think he, he was. was. I, no, I don't think he was. Yeah. And that's why the F-16s wouldn't have been deployed to protect the Crawford Ranch because Bush wasn't there. There was nobody there. He was in Washington. But I think. But the um, but in Phoenix, it was so odd because Bill Clinton um, disappeared from view. He was incommunicado. Then he offers the pardon to Fife Symington for and you don't know why. It just it just make it just comes out of nowhere. That's why, Bill, I don't believe when Nancy or when Hillary says that she's going to get to the bottom of the UFO stuff and she's going to tell us the truth. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think not she's going to do that. You know, she's hoping people will vote for her just for her statement. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. That's a, that's what she and uh, a lot of these candidates do. They just tell you exactly what you want to hear to earn your vote. Well, I I I really think I really think she intends to do that, but I don't think she will. Uh, be able to. I don't think she knows. She'll be in jail. She, well, she won't be in Probably. jail, but I think she'll be. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think I think that when she's read in, um, the the secret will be far far worse. And there's no such thing. See, a lot of politicians believe they can do this halfway. They can do this. You know, here it is. It's very simple. I'm gonna do it halfway. I'll say UFOs are real. We don't know anything about them. Goodbye. <laughs> That's kind of like disclosure, right? I don't know. It's UFOs, right, 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 flying right. saucers. They're, they're around. We can't stop them. Who cares? Goodbye. You know. Now you go and now you go and try to, to explain that in in a sanguine way to the abduction community, right? That's not going to happen. So, so that's first apart. of all. You can't half disclose. You're going to disclose. You're going to tell the whole ugly truth about this thing. I so still don't think Crawford. The Crawford target is a coincidence of all places on the earth to uh, happen to be flying toward. That's a bit odd. Oh, well. It is. Yep. Uh, what about what about Trump's position on UFOs? I know I, I spoke earlier with Nancy online, and she says, he, I don't know if she was teasing me or not. She probably was, but she said he believes in trebles. Um, but what do we know about Trump? He's got trebles on his hair. He's got trebles. Uh, yeah. He's got like, trebles. That's, that's a dead treble on his hair right now. Like it's Star Trek. Trouble. Somebody in Star Trek right now is trying to like find him. Like, if, they, they if want to Donald him for Trump that. thought that with his demographic, talking about UFOs would get him the presidency, he'd come out <laughs> with um, Vulcan ears. So um, it, 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 that's not going to happen. I wonder I if he's interested might, in the subject, I, I, though. To be I got honest. a bad feeling we might have uh, Obama for another four years. It's not happening, dude. You think well, that's it, it, it can happen. It can. No. 
Yes, I can, and I can explain how, too. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we got 20 how. seconds. Let's, go. 25 I'll, seconds. I'll, I'll let Quickly, you your though. explanation of, of, of getting around the Constitution. Go. Uh, well, it's not getting around the Constitution. It's actually Completely. in law with the Constitution. Go. What happens is that Hillary decides to have Obama as her VP and running mate. The problem is, yeah. is that because of all the bullshit that Hillary did, she ends up getting indicted for da- indicted and impeached as soon as she becomes president, and then you have another four years of Obama. She can't. She she can't have Obama as her running mate. Because Why not? There's no law against if it. If you're president and you finish your two contiguous terms no in office, there is no law against it. What? Um, he couldn't take the president. He couldn't he cannot, take the office of. He couldn't okay, take okay. the office of president. Bill, he, Bill, he cannot be elected president more than twice. He can serve as president more than twice. That I think would be very heavily. Bill, very I think would know the answer to that. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> that there unfortunately, is no constitutional law that states he cannot. Service president again. He just can't be elected more than twice. Uh-oh. Well, uh oh. Well, first of all, it's never happened, so there's no right. right. There's, it, no it, pres- right. there's no president. So there's no, no case law. Right. And 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 a lot of the Constitution is interpreted via case law. It's not interpreted by somebody reading the Constitution. And saying, yes, this works. No, it doesn't. I mean, if somebody wanted to sue Ted Cruz, which is going to be moot anyway. But for running for president and being uh, uh, born in Canada, that would go to the Supreme Court. And that would be case law. It's never gone to the Supreme Court. So um, it's really he said, she said. I'm still puzzled about how Ted Cruz is running for president. He was born in Canada. He's of Cuban descent. How exactly is this possible? I'm surprised we're talking about Obama being from Kenya, you know. Yeah, but at least Obama (laughs) was born in Hawaii and his mom was like white bread American. One more question for Bill. And then well, we got to go. Like, right time. I know we got to go. I know we got to go. One more question. But, Bill, we had uh, Stephen Bassett on, and he was talking about Hillary and disclosure and, and, and all that. So my question right. kind of to you is he seems to think that disclosure is going to happen because if the United States doesn't jump on it, then somebody else will, like a.k.a. Russia. And this is – and we can't be left out of the dark. Like if Russia starts talking about UFOs and we don't, that's a huge hit for us. Do you think something like that is possible? No, because um, first we've already had disclosure. I, you know, I mean, I don't know why the Harry Truman's disclosure of the existence of UFOs in 1950 is so overlooked. But he goes on television and he says these are flying saucers. We know what they are. You don't have to have Obama do it. Harry Truman already did it. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter already did it. Ronald Reagan already did it. You don't need. I mean, that's the thing. If 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 Ronald Reagan goes public, which he did when he was governor, about following a UFO into the, across the Mojave Desert, which he did. He told the Wall Street Journal when he landed in Sacramento, oh my God, we found a UFO, we chased it. I mean, it's a first-hand sighting by a, president of the, by a governor of the state of California, soon to be president of the United States, about a UFO. Jimmy Carter files a UFO report. You know, I'm, that is disclosure. There is a person, governor of Georgia, Sudu, president of the United States, following a UFO report. Jerry Ford, in 1966, forces the House, um, House Science Committee to deal with the question of UFOs after the Hilldale, Michigan sightings. Jerry Ford, soon to be president of the United States. I mean, really, when you consider the whole thing, 
you realize that we've had ongoing disclosures. Sure, maybe they haven't been at a formal news conference, but Harry Truman's was. He said this to reporters. Wow. You know, so, so I mean... Why do you think people overlook that so so much, Bill? I mean, people do overlook that fact. And you still act like disclosures never happened. You know, when would they give us disclosure? You know, like you said, Stephen Bassett was on, and, and he's been fighting for disclosure for eons now. Oh, yeah, he's been lobbying for it. But, but the thing is that um, it's overlooked because, because the CIA did a magnificent job in the late 1940s and um, 19, early 1950s of marginalizing the whole thing to the point where anybody who talks about UFOs, people fall on the floor in laughter. Um, they even do that now. You know, Obama makes a joke about, oh, it's so crazy, people still believe in Roswell, and you see this on the news. That's actually the truth. That's what people think. So really, there's no point in... Um, in, in um, that's why it's been overlooked. It's still a laugh factor. It's still, yeah. It is, but yeah. why did they get away with it and Kennedy didn't? Well, there were so many other factors with Kennedy. No, he didn't get away with it. But then remember, Kennedy was on drugs. He was on methamphetamines. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he was slipping away from his Secret Service detail when he went to New York to go sleep with call girls. Uh, they thought that he was... Um, uh, they knew that he was filling state secrets to people like Marilyn Monroe, and uh, who was going to go public and tell the truth about the state secrets he was spilling, like trying to kill Castro and the presence of Area 51. And, and um, there were a bunch of things that piled up. Plus, um, Bobby Kennedy had really gotten the Chicago mob angry. And, the CIA, and then Kennedy had the temerity to... Um, the CIA was both heavily involved in uh, laundering money for drug traffickers in Southeast Asia. This is circa in the 1960s. So, um, and then also there was uh, oil deposits in the South, in the um, China Sea. And with those two things, are pulling out of Vietnam in 1963 when Kennedy said that he was going to pull the, uh, the advisors out in 1963. Then when he found out that the CIA was uh, actually dealing with um, uh, drug lords in Southeast Asia, he pulled the CIA out of Southeast Asia and, and uh, killed the, Southeast, uh, the uh, CIA paramilitary. So he, he basically squashed that and, and started the Army Special Forces. So the CIA basically was about to lose its, its, its um, one great source of funding, that is drugs. And um, that was uh, really uh, one of the uh, clinching effects. They, they tried to assassinate Kennedy in Florida, but he was warned in advance. And um, they were able to co-op Lyndon Johnson to... Um, Shut this down in Texas. It's crazy. It has all drug related at the end. It is drug related. It's, it's crazy. It's drug and money laundering related and oil yeah. related. And that, was, that was the whole thing. I mean, uh, Kennedy uh, announces we're we're pulling our advisors out of Vietnam. We're not supporting the ZM regime. Mm -hmm. At the mm -hmm. same time, the army is publishing a manual for how to behave if you're a, a prisoner of war in Vietnam. Crazy stuff, Bill. Love yeah. you, man. You're you're the best, and uh, thank you so much yep. for uh, being here with us on the show. And we're all out of time. Too. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I will see you, of course, on Monday. And uh, see you next yep. Monday. But let's plug who, who are you having on the uh, feature theater this Monday? Who are we having on? We're having. Well, I have no idea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tell us, Chris. I'm here. 
We are having Dennis Rogers, the owner of the Canna King Medical Marijuana Dispensary here in Roseburg. And he is also running for the Roseburg Commissioner. So he has all kinds of things to talk about, even uh, some legal things to talk about, too, Bill, which... Uh, okay, well, be... uh, I will let That's you Nancy uh, really run that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that should be good. That should be good. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on. It'll be very interesting, and we will actually be doing it from the dispensary itself, the show. So that'll that's even... Be... So wow. High times nice. on Future Theater. It will nice. be high times on Future Theater, my friend. <laughs> and any, any, uh, anything else you want to plug, Bill, before we let you go? No, no, uh, no plugs, no plugs. Just everybody tune in next week to Future Theater for a high time. There you <laughs> go. There you go. And uh, who's going to be on Skywatchers uh, next week, uh, guys? Uh, next week we have the co-founders of AncientOriginsNot.net on. Oh, very nice, very nice. So there you go, guys. Stick around for that next week. Stick around for more PSN Radio. Thank you, Bill Burns, again, for being our guest tonight. You are awesome. Love you, sir. And uh, thank you, Nancy Burns. Shout-outs to her and everybody listening in. Thank you for uh, being here. Other guy, Chris you Brown rock. and DCS, Crystal Storm, you rock, and you're never late to the party. You're the best. Thank guys, guys, we'll catch you next week right here on PSN Radio. Please stick around for more of whatever it is that's going to go on next. Love you all.